Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual talking with shadows. The conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Waitley. And Marcus D. And we want to give a big shout out to all of our fans for making last month our most popular month so far. We shattered the previous month by like almost 30%. You did it, guys. I'm so you proud. Did That's it. awesome. We appreciate it so much that so many of you guys were tuning into our podcast. Uh, it means the world to us that people want to look. Because before you guys, it was just me and Vic being really weird at a bar, yelling <laughs> at each other about this stuff. And just for you guys... Yep, that's right. We figured out how to use the uh, little soundboard thingy. Yeah, so we've had the soundboard <laughs> with the, the little sound effects on it for months. You guys don't know how long that we've had this. And the whole time, we thought you had to program the sounds in. Turns out that after our interview uh, with Prairie Land Paranormal Podcast, uh, and we were and I was messing with some of the dials, yeah, the volume was just turned down. <laughs> hey, sorry, I meant... There we go. <laughs> So now we have sound effects. Yeah, we literally just figured this out like, yeah, like five minutes yeah. ago. I really thought that Vic was messing with me the entire time. And I'm like, you just had like nothing better to do but come in here and figure out how to program these in here. And I'm like, that's... And he was just casually just doing them. Like, this was just no big deal. No, I've been spending my time trying to read up on Bigfoot. Oh, and what a great one it is. Man, before we... Oh, man, before we're going to get it, man, I want to get some... I want to get some alcohol going, man. Okay, uh, we are still working on that variety pack of stone. I am going to be drinking Vengeful Spirit IPA. To change it up, I'm going to go with uh, Buenaveza Salt and Lime Lager. Initially, like I was not super excited that I was going to have to drink this, but then I realized how much I like Bud Light Lime. Oh, Bud Light Lime's yeah. good. So I'm like, I'm hoping that it has a taste for that. Cheers. So, cheers, cheers to you guys. Cheers to you guys for giving us a great month. Thank you so much. Mm. I'm not a real big IPA guy, but I like this. This is like great value Bud Light Lime. It's like if you order. <laughs> I had great... one of those last time. They're yeah. not that bad. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying it's bad. But it's like it's like it's like Bud Light Lime. You called it great value Bud Light Lime. Yeah. How is that not an insult, dude? I love great value cheese. <laughs> like it don't like that just because it's great value don't mean it's bad. That just means the cheap. That just means the cheap kind, man. But this one's more expensive. And sometimes you shouldn't waste your money on some Bud Light Lime's fine. You know? Mm. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, the Vengeful Spirit IPA, it has a nice bite to it. This is just smooth, which is good, because it's still stupid hot and muggy outside right now. So oh, my God, yes. I'm not I'm not dealing with bee's knees. I'm not dealing with that crap. You're not dealing with bee's knees. Shut up. What does that mean? I, I want you to break today, this down, man. Okay, okay. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. All right, guys, so... Uh, September is here. We are now starting a whole new month where our patrons decided to vote for uh, Hairy Humanoids, which is awesome. So it's a whole month long where we're going to be doing cryptids and fun stuff like that. And so if um, we're going to go over the comments from our uh, last episode. If you ever checked it out, it was Encounters with Fairies. It was where me, Vic, and Ellie, who joined us, talked all about strange disappearances involving fairies in the woods. If you haven't checked that episode out, go over. It's a great episode. 
All right. Lishan said, fairy topics are interesting to me now. Coincidence is gothic ex-girlfriend of mine and I kind of sort of are back together that I've known for 12 years. And that's one of the things she's talked about when she's on shrooms or something. Also, welcome back, Vic. Glad you're okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never been that sick. I was just stupid sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would believe that that's one of the things that one might see when on shrooms. I would I would believe that, too. Actually, I think isn't that one of the things you see on the Grateful Dead t-shirts sometimes? Mm-hmm. Like little skull fairies or something? Mm-hmm. When I was, uh, Angela Stats said, when I was 11 playing at the creek by my house, it ran into a huge bamboo gro- grove. A blue light flew into my face, around my head, and into the bamboo where it stopped. It was not a bird. It had wings, not like a bird, and leaned out around the stalk looking at me. It was not a natural position uh, for a bird. Then it flew off into the bamboo and then lit up the dark as it went. That sounds like a fairy encounter. That, that sounds, like, sounds a like a pixie. That does sound like... Man, that's got to be... Man, is that one of those where you follow that light or don't follow that light? Because there's, there's you do not follow that. If it's a pixie, you don't follow that light. Like I think pixies we, are very okay. Look. Pixies can be nice, but they can also be very mean. So don't risk it. That's one of those weird things in the paranormal where, like, if you see something weird, like you just want to follow it. Except strange floating bulbs of light. That's probably not a good idea to follow. Yeah, like, do you chase a will o wisp? Of course. Okay, that you you're we are going to be one of the people where we play about D and disappeared. Sorry, I've been playing D and D too long, and I feel like that's just something that a character of mine would just do in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, but you also intentionally do things to make us have to stop you to mm-hmm. keep you from dying. Every single time one of our Dungeons and Dragons games, like, I roll like a bat on my perception score. I'm always like, oh, look at this really nice bright colored frog. I'm gonna put it in my mouth, and Vic's character has to wrestle it from my hand every time. <laughs> I dread him getting natural ones on perception. <laughs> Creepy California super duper fan said, I heard stories from Mexico that say fairies came during, uh, came during day of the dead and take the gifts and messages, uh, to the family members who passed away. Also, I feel that maybe the power the fairies need isn't just the belief we humans give, but fear of them. The fear of the unknown is what gives them strength. That's a really cool like thing on the day of the dead. I did not know that one. So thank you very much for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the fear thing, I would 100% believe that. If they are fueled by our emotions and things along those lines, I definitely believe, based on how they behave, fear would be one of them. Izzy28 said, uh, It's good. Vic is back. You guys bounce off each other really well. The other guys were great, too. Although, about the fate, yeah, we should be really careful anyways either way because just for the fact base of the lore, similar incidents happen to this day that seem very related to fairies, so always be on the caution side. And, yes, I live in the hood, and that does sound familiar from every day here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I think Missing 411 has a very strong kind of fairy sort of vibe to it. I don't know, man. And, like, when we was talking in the episode, I really I really feel that maybe there might be, like, a change, like, in fae lore that we may be seeing from, like, fairies from, like, an urban perspective. That's just my thought on that. I mean, I would love to explore that more, but... I mean, we should do a month on missing four one one, and one of it, one of those days would have to be the urban encounters. Yes, and I absolutely. think that'd be a great day to get into that. Nighthawk said, "My grandma is half Cherokee, and I have a bit of Muskogee, Muskogee blood. Sorry, as well from the other ancestors. One of my pictures my grandma has of her parents when they were younger. You can see a fae-like creature. She has stories from herself and her parents about encounters with the little people. 
So while normally I would regard stories about the Fae as nothing more than fiction, that kind of stuff definitely has been considering that at least some of the aspects might be real. Oh, yeah. Ellie's, um, Ellie's family is Cherokee to a degree, and her grandmother taught her a lot of the like very old legends and things on how to live, and that's why she does the thing where she makes uh, little clay dolls and hides them in the bushes around her house. And so if like a fae comes onto the property, like it'll mess with the doll instead of us or be intrigued by the doll and be too busy with that than to mess with the people in the house. Mm-hmm. Whiskey conspiracies. Thank you, Mr. Frank Cashin. Said I remember my first jug of Mississippi mud. Oh god, this stuff was, was so disgusting. bad. Disgusting. I never pretty, finished it. Pretty sure we pound two of those jugs back to back. You will see the fake folk too. <laughs> Adding some chocolate coins to my survival pack. Covers both the shiny coins idea and the candy idea. Unless they get pissed, I give them fake coins. Only time will tell. P.S. It's not a mugging. It's fake taxation without representation. (laughs) 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 Wait, where's the laugh track? Where's the laugh track? There we go. There we go. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that we have that there now. Also, too, I really wonder, too, like, if you actually tell a fairy you don't believe in them, does that really kill them, or is that just Disney? Not that I have ever found in a traditional story. Like, I don't know if I could, like, I talk all the time about throwing hands. I don't know if I could actually fist fight a fae, but I'm willing to take a stab at its self-esteem. Like, <laughs> like, to anything that I have read, like, there may be something out there, but I have not read anything that implies that they, like, if you say you don't believe in them, it will kill them. More likely, they'd take that as an offense and harm you. Oh, man, that sucks. Okay, so they're not so they don't have poor self esteem. They're just sensitive. Okay, I, awesome. They're easily offended. Yeah. Very. E- that's why. That's why they're called the good folk. <laughs> Zeno Smith says, uh, patron says, hi guys. I'm glad that Vic and Ellie are doing better. Good. They all have y'all back. I really enjoyed this episode. I love everything there is about the Fae. To me, they are truly do feel like the other yet somehow familiar. I like your hypothesis on the Fae or the good people being a type of egregore. However, I have my own take on it. What if the beings we call the Fae are from an alternate universe that came to ours, but not as you might think, like a portal? No, instead, I think they came into our universe as concepts or thoughts, influencing early humans as a muse or Eureka in order to use humans as a gateway into our universe. The more we focus on them, the more they're able to enter our world and becoming more powerful as a result leading to the many stories of the Fae, but as time was on, I believe the Fae became more weaker due to lack of belief, making them a bit more vulnerable, but not completely gone due to the very nature of egregores not being made by one person and the Fae legends being told generation after generation and allowing the Fae to continue existing in this world, albeit in a weaker state. I think uh, there's a lot to this. Yes, there is a lot to that. There's there's, there's a lot to break down in that, Zeno Smith. I okay. I, I want to jump in. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. The first part of that I would say is in the Book of Invasions, where you're talking about the Tuatha de Dunan, some of the versions of the story talk about them coming from another world and then entering ours. So the idea of them coming in from another dimension makes a lot of sense. Um, another thing is that we didn't get into this in our show on Faye, but uh, one of the things is that Faye music is incredibly beautiful and that human minds cannot fully grasp it. Unless given. So, like, say, if you hear Fae music, you can never reproduce it. But if the Fae then gifts you the song after they're done, then you can. And there's a lot of stories involving that being a thing. So that's very much like a muse mm. there. That is a lot like that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's neat. Thank you, man. We appreciate that comment. That's pretty cool. 
All right, yeah. I like the Ecragor idea that there's a lot of, that the more that we, our, our amount of belief that we put in them actually, like, might affect how powerful that they are. So that's why. <sighs> well, you definitely have a, a watering down of them over time. Mm. Man, or that or maybe just a changing of what they are. Perhaps. No. But definitely conversation for another day. I mean, in a, a lot of the stories, they're interbreeding with humans, so yeah. maybe they're losing some of their extra-dimensional traits and mm-hmm. gaining more human traits. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, man. All right. I think it's time to get into today's episode. So we're going to start our whole month-long talk on hairy, crypt- uh, hairy humanoids by talking about one that I found by accident. And it's one that's nearby here, and I have no idea how me and Vic did not know about this story. Yeah, it's really like what forty minutes. Yeah, down it's the road? not that far from us. It was, which is weird for something like that close for us to not have already known about prior to us doing the doing the podcast. It's so close. This morning, I almost just drove out to the property to check it out, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, ah, actually, I got too much stuff to do. Yeah, and it's still so fresh in our minds. There are people that encountered this monster that are still living today. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we're referring to the Spotsville monster. Now, this takes place in, and not here in Evansville, but it takes place in Henderson County, right across right across the bridge in Kentucky. I mean, like, if you have a good arm, you can hit Henderson County from Vandenberg yeah, County. I know. Like, I can see it now, like, if I turn around and I open up the window. So I'm trying not to judge him. It's okay. Um, and Spotsville itself is, it's, like I said, like I said, about 40 minutes away. And it's this old coal mining town. And for apparently, the since the 1930s, people have been reported seeing these Bigfoot-like creatures all over the area. But they're not regular Bigfoot, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, like, we're getting yeah. into some of the oddest Bigfoot stories I have yeah, ever yeah, heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they so are like, amazing. Like. Because we're trying to bring you guys some stuff that's good for like that's just good for this, and like you know we're at this part of like like a like a Bigfoot story. Yeah, it's kind of cool, but there's got to be something weird to it. Man, did we find a weirdo? Oh like, yeah, like this is just sort of a weird. Like, do you want to you want to start off the story, Vic? Like we're starting. Do you want to start like in the nineteen yeah, thirties yeah, yeah. or yeah? Let's start with the story, and then we'll start breaking down the stuff. Okay, okay, okay. So the story itself starts taking place in the nineteen like the nineteen thirties, and. In the nineteen the nineteen thirties, there's a family that moves into this house along this particular road called Mound Ridge Road, and there's a family that moves in there into into Sponsville into this house, and they end up in having these weird in, these encounters with these Bigfoot like creatures, and it becomes so traumatic for the family that they end up moving, and this just sort of becomes a thing that the town knows about, but it doesn't get widespread spread around to the, into the mainstream of the surrounding in, uh, area. Until about the 1970s, right? About 1975. 1975 is when things really start taking off for this story. And this is where the Nunnally family enters the story. So this is a story about the father's name is Red. Um, him and his wife, and I want to say they have six kids, decide that they're going to try to move into this house. They're tired of living in a big city. So they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to move this old, we're going to move to Spotsville. <laughs> And they move into in, into this house that this other family had. Can I do this part? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and do this part. Okay. As they're moving in, they notice, hey, there's a lot of holes around the door and in the door. And they kind of look like bullet holes. So they're like, hey, what's going on with all the bullet holes? And the guy's <laughs> like, oh, uh, he asks Zara to go take the two kids and go play in the yard. 
And then he tells them the story of the night where he looked outside and saw a huge hairy man staring in at him and unleashed a volley of gunfire and did not uh, fell the guy. How? How if you're a realtor trying to sell a house, is that your story you're going to do? Like, what are these bullet holes? You couldn't even make up a story of like, uh, 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 yeah, there there was some there was something trying to break in. They they you know they shot, him, but everything's fine. Like you know everything was good. Like who, whose story is to jump to? Yeah, big hairy man rummaging through the house that you had to shoot at, by the way, which didn't work. Which is an interesting part. Yeah, which, but they um, were not deterred. They bought the property anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because to be fair, if I'm the dad, I'm like, well, maybe he didn't hit him. Maybe they're just a bad shot. Yeah. Because the holes doesn't mean that it didn't work. That means maybe you just missed. <laughs> so the family is living in this house for a while. And as they're living in the house, weird stuff starts to happen around their farm. Right? So they start having animals go missing. And I want to say what I actually got it down. They actually broke down. They said that they had like 16 chickens that okay. went missing. Here's the weird thing. That goes missing. Some of the versions say 16 chickens. Some of them say around 200 chickens. But I was listening to an interview with The Sun, and he said 200. That's a lot of chickens to go missing. Yeah, but they're trying to farm, so they might have actually been farming large No, no, no. I'm not saying, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm just saying that's a crap ton of chickens. Oh, oh that's yeah. Going oh, yeah. Missing. Someone's eating a lot of chickens. Yeah. So it's really weird, like, how there, was, there is this weird discrepancy of exactly, like, how many are missing. But still... Stuff's going missing. Is that normal though on a farm though for that stuff? Would you ever raise chickens on your farm? Dick? I I did not not raise chickens on my farm, but I did raise chickens at a campground I was working at once. Is this common for just chickens just randomly go missing? Uh, the summer that I was taking care of the chickens, I had no chickens go missing. Okay, I like that was a thing that I just thought about. Also, like chicken from the city, so I don't know if it's common for them to go missing. Chicken care for and breeding and stuff is what my least favorite of all of them I've done. I hated working with chickens. Like pigs, I'd do it again. Goats, I'd do it again. Chickens, no. No, they were terrible. <laughs> what are you going to get the chickens, man? What do you got? What the okay. chickens, what the chickens ever do They poop <laughs> all the time. Like, I've seen them climb into their feed bowl, poop, and turn around and eat that feed. They are filthy, nasty creatures. Like, the pig, the pig was fine. The chickens, no. So, okay. So they have this stuff that starts going, the, uh... So they have uh, all of the stuff on their farm that starts missing. Is this the part where they've actually get, had encounters with this, where wherever like enter the hunter, like their neighbor that decides to, to start getting involved, or they actually yeah, start he having comes down the road. Well, they had they had had some odd things occur on their property at that point. The timeline is not super specific. No, that's a weird part about this story, guys. I'm not gonna like because me and Vic are gonna have to be comparing notes whenever we did this because it it gets dicey as to the the order of events that happens. Yeah, but. They, if I remember, they, they had had some animals go missing at this point. Yes. They found some bodies mutilated in odd ways, and they had seen something that they couldn't quite describe moving in the forest. But then this guy comes down the road. Yeah. Um, he has his rifle out. Do you, do you yeah, 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 yeah. His, okay, yeah. his name's Ray Vibbert. Now, Ray is a local fireman that's in the area, and he is good friends with Ray, and... They're having, like, you know, they're farming plagued, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get involved. I want to do something. Red's a real good guy. I'm the super hunter. I'm going to start tracking down. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to, and I'm going to start solving this problem. Like, oh, I'm gonna actually, the, the, the first thing that happens is he comes down the road to the house and mm-hmm. says, hey, uh, I saw something big and hairy running on two legs in the woods. Was that one of your kids? And he's just like, <laughs> 
he, he after he saw it, he felt that it was his obligation to now go around and warn all of his neighbors. Mm. And they didn't live near each other. I think that was like a ha- his house was a half mile away from theirs. Well, that, that's kind of common in Spotsville. Was that there? Yeah. The, the houses are pretty spaced apart. Yeah, but it's still pretty cool that he's now going around warning all of his neighbors. Mm. So Ray decides that he's going to try to track this particular animal around. And at this point, it starts. You start seeing conflicting reports of saying Ray either saying at times saying, "I," you'll you'll hear stories of saying that he he can't he has trouble finding it, and because the the thing that he's trying to track doesn't leave tracks, wasn't that weird? Yeah, but that jives with a lot of American Indian legends about Bigfoot. Yeah, that if you find a Bigfoot track, that's where it's screwed up. That's not how it regularly moves. Mm-hmm. And then in other accounts of it, it says that Ray starts tracking it and then claims that it's a bear like you'll start seeing that and ray becomes convinced to other in other parts of the story where he thinks that it's a bear and he's like tracking this bear all over henderson county like does it take that long to hunt one down in henderson in 1970 i don't i don't know bears in henderson nowadays are insanely rare i think it does happen every very once in a while beyond that uh, the bears they get in there are black bears, which doesn't seem to be the description of what we're talking about. No, it, no, it, 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 it doesn't. Because I found an article from the newspaper from the nineteen from the nineteen seventies where they're interviewing Ray and trying to track down the Sponsville monster, where he's claiming that he thinks that it's a that they claim sorry that he claimed sorry we're gonna get that later that it's a bear and it's traveling like a make it's making this circuit around the Green River area. And he's trying to find it, and then it's turning into this weird, like, massive to-do with many of the locals within Henderson. But then there's other, but then later he changes his story. No, I'm not saying he doesn't change his story, but there's, but he has, there's interviews with him later, right, where he's talking yeah, about well, what he's finding. He eventually comes out and says the reason why he started saying it was a bear is because the police got a hold of him and said, hey, if you don't stop talking about this sort of stuff, we're going to, like, make up charges and bring you in. Yeah, and that's so weird. Yeah, it, it's odd. You normally would see this like from a men in black type sort of person. Yeah, but it's just like the local cops saying, "Stop saying that you're, stop saying that you that that it's possibly like some sort of a Bigfoot type monster." Well, immediately when they when uh, the new newly new, I'm sorry, I want say it's called the Nully family. The Nully family uh, started like reporting this. They initially started reporting it to the police, mm-hmm. and they came out the first time and said, "Oh, it's a bear," and they're like, "You don't know what you're talking about." And then they came out a few more times, and eventually they stopped coming out altogether. There's even accounts from some people that uh, when they were supposed to be checking their property for uh, invaders and stuff, mm-hmm. they were actually just going out and smoking a cigarette because, uh, according to one of the neighbors who was out in the woods at the time, uh, he could actually hear them, and they weren't aware of him. And they're like, oh, let's just smoke a cigarette and go back and tell them everything's okay. What kind of like lack of due diligence is that? You run into that a lot, man, with some of these, like, real, like, little cop stories where they don't really take some of these seriously. Oh, yeah, the mother of the family, she actually was, uh, in an interview recently, just straight up said, like, I hate them. I, I hate what they did. I should have sued them. I hate that town now. And she was very upset about how the cops treated them. But I want to get into something real quick. Sure. I want to talk about the animal bodies. Yeah. Okay. The family would very commonly have their animals die, and they would find their bodies um, all their animals, they lost animals all the time, everything that we, they kept, with the exception of their dogs. They had two extremely mean dogs that every time 
this creature would come around the farm, they would run and hide underneath the uh, underneath the porch. And that was actually their warning that something was about to happen. They knew if the dogs were uh, underneath the porches, banging around terrified, that meant that this the uh, Spotsville monster was about to show up on their farm. Mm-hmm. But all their other animals were taken at various points, including a freaking pony. Which is super Not, weird. Like, I've, I've never kept ponies, but I've kept horses. Nothing goes after a horse. They're because they're huge and they and they and they're they're div, they're a difficult animal to, to take down, right? Yeah, and yeah. they're all freaking muscle. A yeah. pony is several hands smaller, but I still don't think anything around here is going to go after one. You're like, yes, yeah, I think instead I'm just gonna take it on that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, with the exception of the chickens, the chickens when they disappeared, nothing was ever found of them. Yeah, no, but it was the other animals that ended up. Yep. They ended up finding them along the Green River, like within the air. They ended up finding a lot of the bodies along the Green River. And the weird thing is. The only thing that was missing were the entrails, the eyes, and the tongue. And the uh, and the all of the cuts within, like to to open them, were described as being very surgical. Yeah, I noticed that in all the stories when they describe the wounds on the body, they say cut, they say surgical, they say they use words that imply precision. Yeah, not a Bigfoot out there ripping this thing apart. Now, because most of the time when you're hearing encounters with sort of Bigfoot-like monsters and they're rummaging through the garbage, I don't think I have never once heard the encounter of. This Bigfoot rummaged through my trash with surgeon precision. <laughs> like, like, there's, like there's, it's usually like, it's it's a little bit more just direct. Like, you know, he's just trying to get what he's getting and, and leaving. But that, that and it, that's very odd there. But mm. beyond that, just the entrails? That that's is not, also very odd. That's not that's even the good news. Yeah, that's the, like, when was the last time you ever, like, just went up to the store? Yeah, like some, uh, like some goat entrails, please. Yeah. Like, I get chicken gizzards. I get chicken gizzards and livers and all that. Not animal entrails. Like, not like goat entrails or a pony. And Like, that just seems gross. Generally, animals that eat entrails are just animals that eat everything. I don't, like, maybe there's animals out there that do do this. I'm not aware of any that only eat the entrails and leave the rest of the meat consistently. I know, like, sometimes, like, coyotes will do it, and wolves will do it if they need to get food fast and run, mm-hmm. but that's not a consistent thing for them. That's not their everyday mm-hmm. behavior. And another weird part about the river, since we're talking about the river, while the Spotsville monster is being spotted in the area, at the same time, people report seeing UFOs along the surface of the water of the Green River area. Which I thought was another really weird thing, too. Yeah, while the Spotsville monster uh, situation was going, there was also a UFO flap. But the two never really intersected. No. They the, just happened to have been occurring at the, the same time. The part that made me mad that I couldn't that I couldn't get was descriptions of the UFO. I tried. I tried to really dig deep into that to see if that I could find descriptions of what the UFO was. But all I got was just sightings of UFOs along along the, the river, which I, which I found weird. That there wasn't even, like, it was difficult to find. There's one more thing I wanted to get back to on the corpses, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to the corpses. The, I don't know if you noticed this detail, but they said the flies would not gather on the on the corpses and that they would take forever, sometimes months, to decay. Because there was a uh, dog that was killed, and kind of, as, although their dogs didn't die, basically it would kill neighbor dogs and throw them onto their property. And they talked about how for three months that dog corpse just sat there not rotting. That's so weird. That makes me think we might be dealing with radiation. Well, that's where like that it's keeping it going. Well, radiation prevents decay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't think of too many things that would happen to a corpse 
where it will just not decay. It could be an extremely dry area, but we're talking about northern Kentucky near a river, so that's not going to be a situation. It could be um, extremely cold, but that also isn't what we're talking about. I'm trying to think about what else would arrest decay. I, poison, I, if... I, I would say, well, I'm thinking more poison, because if you're seeing... If, if, if radiation is the example, and a lot of stories involving radiation death of animals, you, you also see stuff involving either burns or discoloration that's mm-hmm. going on, and that never pops up in the story. Now, poisoning, then I think that's something that I could definitely... I definitely could get behind. If I recall correctly, there are certain poisons, and I don't know which ones off the top of my head, that do arrest decay because the poison is poisonous to the bacteria that breaks right. it down. Now, why you would want to poison a random goat? And I know there are animals that can sniff out certain poisons a dog and can. then mm-hmm. avoid. Yep. Like, I think that ravens and certain buzzards can as well. I don't know if flies can. Yeah. I don't think the the thing was I don't I don't know if the bugs would really stop them from from getting under the poison though. That's why it makes me think there might might be something else going on with that. Well, uh, that's why I was thinking possibly radiation that it's not getting fed on as much because the radiation is killing the insects feeding off of it. Not that no flies are landing on it, it's just no flies are able to gather because they're not living not long enough, and they're and the eggs they lay in it are not you know coming to fruition, True. so it's not breaking down as quickly. But I think even if if it was that where it was keeping the bugs from eating it, there's still evidence of the bugs trying to eat it. Well, you are seeing the missing tongue and the missing eyes. True, which, is, general the, which, view, which, is, which is the start, which is the start yeah. of any of them once scavengers show up. Well, the general view is they believe that those are the parts of the Bigfoot were taking as well as the entrails, but also those are the first parts that yeah, carrying yeah, yeah, yeah. goes after. So, yeah, it could be. So maybe poison, maybe radiation, but either way, something you don't normally talk about when it comes to Bigfoot. Did you get... Good descriptions of, I mean, we're 30 minutes in. Did you get good description of what the spots of a monsters was from the nullies? From Somewhere like, between 7 feet and 9 feet tall, they actually felt that they were seeing multiple of the same creature. They didn't think it was the same one every time. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they would see one that had gray hair, and sometimes they'd see one that had brown hair. Yeah. Um, so being 8 to, or I think it was 7 to 9 feet tall was the general descriptions they were getting. Large, they said that it was insanely muscular to the point where like you can't even I don't know why they use such poetic terms but they said you couldn't even really conceive of how much stronger this thing seemed than you did there's a lot of that weird language just when you when you just look when you like look at the surface level story of this there's a lot of poetic language that's Kentucky class that's yours it is man like it's but like they described it as being just unbelievably muscle muscly mm-hmm. like just that strong um, they described it as having uh, eyes that would throw back light, generally a human face with um, a more like kind of Arab-styled nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else they had said specifically about it, but I think that's most of the details. It's so it's that's one of those weird things about these types of stories because with most Bigfoot stories, you get some sort of singular incident of encountering a Bigfoot. And this one, there's so many different kinds of, like, descriptions of different kinds of Bigfoots that the family runs into. And, I mean, there's there's areas where these things can hide. I mean, Auburn State Park is in, is, in, is in Henderson. It's not that far where, you know, where these could, where these could live and where these could stay, or other people speculated it might have been in the mines. But I'm, I'm more likely to believe that it's probably in the state forest that's there, but. 
Yeah, and I, I would say that's likely as yeah, well. That's just kind of what I thought that it was. But let's talk toes. That's right. Now, normally, guys, whenever you hear Bigfoot stories, you think of, oh yeah, five toes Bigfoot. Now, if you're more crafty and you're more into the Bigfoot lore, you know something about the three. This gets weird. There's four. Four. What toes. do you do with four toes? I don't know. It's not normal. I like my Bigfoot with five or three. Nothing in between. Yeah, that seemed very odd. And let's go ahead and crack this nut to our adit. It seems like if we follow the old adages of the three-toed Bigfoots are really aggressive, the five-toed ones are actually kind of nice and will leave you alone. Apparently, the four-toed ones have psychic powers. Yeah, I was about to say chest, right? Psychic powers is weird. There's weird stories of telepathy. Yeah, there's a lot of involved with these mystic abilities these Bigfoot have, and we need to start talking about that. They leave no tracks. They have bullet immunity, and they have telepathy. At one point, when one of the hunters is tracking him down, it looks at him and says, go away. But it doesn't say it out loud. It says it in its mind. I have weird thoughts about that. I'm telling you, like, I, there, there's, t- there's times in which I swear when people tell me stories about, like, where I, where I read stories where people said, like, I heard this thought in my head. I'm like, and and that you and that you put it on the the creature itself, and I'm wondering like too, like whether or not they're just doing that to rationalize in their head of like, holy crap, I'm seeing a Bigfoot, I need to back away. Well, or or they're just reading this thing's body language enough that they're backing away. It could have been such an intense display of intimidation that their mind tacked on the go away. Right. Yeah. But can their mind tack on a portal opening and the Bigfoot walking through? Nah, that's out there. Sorry. I mean, that's like (laughs) you you either saw that you said. <clears throat> but in another story, this guy's out tracking Bigfoot, and a portal opens up, and he walks through. And he just Rick Sanchez's his way out of the situation. Yeah, pretty much. That's very odd. Not something that one normally thinks when they get to Bigfoot. It's like this hunter's tracking it, and then all of a sudden he runs up his Bigfoot. He just belches and said, "It's like, all right, Mothman, let's get out. Let's go to Earth six one six. And then he just leaves. There's also, I think, three different accounts of it just straight up vanishing without using a portal or anything like that, just literally fading from my sight. This is just just bizarre out there stories involving, like, just Bigfoot, man. It's so... Okay, I have a question. At what point does all of these Bigfoot powers just start getting... Does it ever get cartoonish to you? Like, where it's just too much? When you fire them all off in sequence, yes. But when you think about this occurring over a long period of time and these coming from multiple sources, less so. Like, cause it's so hard to take. Like, because most Bigfoot stories, you're just, you know, you're dealing with some sort of either large humanoid or some primate or hominid, and it's just doing just normal, you know, humanoid stuff. This is doing some pretty supernatural feats. Yeah, but these are also the sort of stories you would expect to hear about, like, a yogi mystic, or you might expect to hear about someone with high PK psychic abilities. So these are things where we might take it serious in another context, so I don't see why we shouldn't take it serious here just because it's Bigfoot. Maybe this Bigfoot also has five levels of wizard. (laughs) Or he's got five levels of druids and he's just wild-shaped back to human. Like, so maybe... Ideas like mysticism and psychic ability aren't necessarily limited to us. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is something that maybe not only Bigfoots could possess, but perhaps can possess with more skill than us. Like they've had it this whole time, and that's why it's difficult for them to be found like way out in the woods, like in the Northwest or other parts of the world where they're seen. 
Because maybe they could have been doing this for the whole time, and we just didn't know. Beyond that, one of the things that many mystics say why, like, mystic abilities are less common nowadays is because you need this deep connection with nature, and you need to live aesthetically away from technology, which Bigfoot seem to be doing all the time. Now, deer do that all the time, too. I don't know why they don't do it, but maybe you have to be uh, to a certain level of intelligence, too. There's tons of stories of humans just living out, being homeless in the woods and not developing these powers. Yeah, but there's a lot of stories about humans going to the wilderness and coming back with powers. There's also a bunch of stories about humans going to the wilderness and just not coming back. Well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it it is the wilderness. (laughs) But, like, uh, one of the things that a lot of people miss on the story of Rasputin is that he lived as a mystic out in the wilderness and claimed that that living away from modern society is what gave him his powers. Although he most likely just said, hey, take Alexander off, you know, aspirin. He does bleed way too much already. (laughs) So maybe he wasn't quite so mystic, but, you know. So one of the... uh, I, 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 I get so awestruck just with the variety of encounters with these things. Like, do you... You don't think that maybe, too, like with some of the people that reported encountering or seeing some of these, that maybe that if they just didn't believe, they would just be just messing with people and they would just be adding to the story just to create the more hyperbole? Uh, moral hyperbole? I don't know about, but... That's just making it, just, just using more hyperbole. Sorry. Oh, oh, using more Yeah, hyperbole. they just think it's funny. Um, like, there's just crazy family, like, with their stuff's going missing. So they're just like, oh, yeah, I saw Bigfoot, too. He totally disappeared from me. He walked into a portal. I mean, maybe. I, you can never really fully rule out people just lying. That's always something that is a possibility. Now, backwoods people in Kentucky, they might mess with each other a little bit, but these people had a pretty serious sense of community in many ways. True. So I would think that the if it was a joke, it would have been over quickly. My, we're, oh. we're getting towards the end, and we haven't talk about, talked about the whole volley fire yet. Oh, okay, you can do the volleyball story. Then I want to get to the to the conspiracy. Go okay. ahead. Now, at one point, when a lot of the neighbors were starting to get together because things were getting serious about all the animals going missing, they're gathering a wor- together at uh, the Newleys' house, and they had done this mean nights in a row, and they were about to give up for the night and break away when one of them had spotted the uh, Spotsville monster kind of around the fence line. They went to the roof. To, I'm assuming so they had a better shot, nothing um, obstructing their sh- their shooting, and started shooting like crazy at this thing. I think it was eight men firing with many different types of weapons, some of them with rifles, some of them with pistols, some of them with shotguns, which it was clarified by one of the people that was there that were loaded with slugs, not birdshot. And they shot this thing like crazy, and it did not seem like it had even staggered, and it did not stop its movement, and it simply disappeared back into the woods. Bigfoot's got bullet immunity, just I mean, like Shazam. This seems to be a... Shazam had bullet immunity? Yeah, you, you didn't see the movie. I did not. Uh, but this <laughs> that seems to be a thing that repeats in this story, is that normal weaponry cannot drop this thing. Yeah, but isn't that also just, like, country hyperbole for just, I'm a bad shot? Like, I, you know, like... Not I, that I, I know I of. shot this thing, and, like, maybe they don't want to admit that they just missed, and they just went, oh, yeah, it's... Oh, that thing's immune to bullets. There's no way I missed. Oh, yeah. Maybe they did all miss. It's possible, and in the... I, w- I would say it wouldn't be them so much lying. It would be them caught up in the moment, mm-hmm. believing that some of them had to have hit. But, excuse me, a lot of these people were professed hunters, and I would think that they... Sh- one of them should have hit. I really, I, in my mind, I really picture that scene looking like something from, like, 
the two towers from Lord of the Rings. Like the scene, like when they're on the ramparts, it's just the hunters like watching the Bigfoots walk towards them, and one of them's just like, they're weakest under the arm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they all just unload on these things to defend the farm. Another possibility is this is a big muscular creature. It might just have a high bullet carrying capacity. I mean, you need, there's a reason you need special bullets and guns to hunt elephants. That's true. They might not have had the proper tools to, to take, to take down something that big. Yeah. It's possible that the bullets that they're shooting at him with just really weren't enough. Mm -hmm. Like they might've been hitting him, but he just might've been that tough of a bastard. True. All right. Now, it's my turn. Do I get to talk about the raccoon conspiracy? Oh, goodness. <laughs> yes. Talk about the raccoon Sorry. conspiracy. So we're trying to give like explanations to why people are reporting this. Now, I know Vic was at, was talking about, like, you know, you know they have, they have this sense of community. They're all, like, just having hundreds. They're trying to protect each other. So the newspaper interviews the local, the, the game warden and his wife for Henderson County, and they think this whole thing is bunk. <laughs> it's not true. And the wife of the game warden goes on record of saying that she thinks that the whole thing is a massive conspiracy because of a bunch of uh, the coon, raccoon hunters trying to just make up stories to give them reasons to go hunt in the woods, to get like, yeah, a head start on raccoon hunting season because raccoon hunting pelts have just, uh, raccoon pelts are just at an all time high. They're just making that up just so that they can get out of the woods to get a head start. Like, oh, yeah, there's Bigfoot in there. Uh, you're going on the wall. That <laughs> that's freaking nuts. I I don't I don't even know what to say about it in response to this. Like you know, like like wouldn't would these guys like if money's on the line just just sit around just going, oh yeah yeah there's oh yeah there's there's Bigfoots out there they're terrorizing everybody we we have we need to go out there for our community and go out there and protect them. All right, I'm gonna get the fat one. First, I think more likely they'd be spreading the rumor to try to keep other hunters out of the woods so they could get the prime stuff. Eh. Beyond that, I've hunted raccoon before. It's not very hard. No, but what it is is they're trying to get a head start because you've hunted raccoon probably during raccoon season, right? No, I was in like a survival situation. Uh, and you had no choice. Yeah, but uh, I will also clarify you have to – Eat raccoon very carefully uh -huh. and cook it very specifically, or you'll get very yeah. ill. Do not go out and eat raccoon. It's like eating possum. Just be very careful. It's also not that good. I just thought it was funny that this, the game one thinks it's a it's a conspiracy by all the raccoon hunters in the town out <laughs> of the woods early. <laughs> but the, and Brent, no, but the thing, like, but you know, I, I laugh and I jest, but I'm telling you right, I'm telling you right now, I think that you know, if you look at. At what happened to one of the kids, the kid, um, uh, I want to say his name is Bernat. Bernat I never, can never pronounce his last Is this name. the one that won't talk about it to this? No, 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 no. This is the one that grew up to be the, the researcher and the Bigfoot hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, Barton. I some, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barton Nolly. Yeah, he grows up to write three books about Bigfoot, including his document, like his case of the stories that he saw growing up with his family dealing with this, dealing with the Spotsville monster. Oh yeah, I'm actually really hoping might be able to grab him for an interview later. Yeah, like so, like in my mind, like I think to me, him growing up to do that really kind of gets screens to the store. Because if you're a kid and your whole family the whole time is lying about what's going on, I don't think that you would want to grow up just being more immersed in the lie when you when you get older. But the fact that he was motivated enough to actually become a researcher on his own and write his own books to me makes him feel like gives credibility that he believes what he saw, and to, to me that it does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. He, he dedicated his life yeah. to this being his sort of quest. Yeah. And he even specifically says that these experiences in my young life are one of the things that drove me to there. Mm -hmm. 
He didn't use those words. I can't remember his exact quote, but I remember him talking about it in an interview. Very poetic. Goes along with the spots from Monster Story. There are. It is very odd the wording that's used, but maybe that's just Kentucky poetry. I don't know. I I, don't, I, I guess. I, I guess it's weird. Like, let me just look up the story of it. Like, you'll you'll see what we're talking about. Well, just with the way that they they wrote about it, like the like where Ray, whenever he's coming to defend uh, his friend, he's like. Right, took up the mantle to defend his friend because his friend had glaucoma and couldn't see, and he wanted to do it. I'm like, this is pretty, like, that's 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 strong. That's some strong use of words right there. I know we're getting shot on time, but I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you get kind of a Hopkinsville Goblins vibe off this story? I do. It's like it's like Hopkinsville Goblins, but with Bigfoot. Yeah, and I get a bit of that feel too. And the, those two things occurred fairly close to each other. Mm-hmm. In about twenty years. No, I, I don't mean time. <laughs> I mean like I mean like physical distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, they are very close together. There's a lot of stuff that seems to go on in like the western part of Kentucky like that. And it's right below us. I think we should start looking into it. Well, you know, it's weird because this whole uh, looking into this led to a whole bunch of other monsters that I didn't know about. Like the Pikeville monster, the Boonville monster. They're all very similar, like 8 to 10 foot tall hairy creatures that might all get their own episodes. So, uh, Any final thoughts like on the uh, Spotsville monster? It's a very interesting case. If you want something in the Bigfoot field that is extremely unique, check it out. It is very, very interesting. I absolutely agree. These are people that, you know, believe that they, like, went to some of them to their graves, some of them to this day that are living, that are all still talking about encountering these things, and it's shaped a lot of their lives. So I definitely believe these people had some sort of an encounter with the strange Still going on today. Actually, there were actually stories that even make it to this day of people spawning the oh, spots yeah. of a monster in there. This mm-hmm. is still a thing that people see. Yeah, we might even talk about some of them even in the uh, the pillow talk segment if we decide that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Do you guys think that this whole thing is just hyperbole? Do you think it's all just, you know, hype and that's what's going on with the spots of a monster? Do you think that this is something different than a Bigfoot, than a normal Bigfoot? Or do you think all Bigfoot have mystic powers? Yeah, and that we all don't know. Let, let us know in the comments below on that. If you like this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, hit the notification bell. That way you stay up to date whenever we put out new content. Um, but until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. And we're back. Oh, okay. you, you guys can all calm down. You can all calm down. Uh, I, I, I know you thank missed you us. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you. We, we, appreciate, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. We're going to be messing with that sub. We're going to mess with the sub effects for a while. Here's the one I really like. I should have played that when you were telling the story. Okay. The, that aside, another thing that actually this whole thing reminds me of a little bit is Skinwalker Ranch. Think about the, are you, how familiar are you with the story of it? You know, uh, a little bit of uh, Skinwalker Ranch, but before we get into the Skinwalker Ranch, if you guys are interested in listening to more of what we're about to talk about, all you got to do is go over and sign up for our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You get the rest of this awesome podcast, as well as bonus episodes that we put out exclusively for our Patreons. And, by the way, uh, me and Vic are currently planning our actual exclusive Patreon event, uh, video for the month. Uh, hey. We're not going to announce it here on the, on the podcast, but we, we might announce it a little later as we're going to be talking. How many episodes do we have uh, just of uh, uh, Talking with Shadows? 74. Let's see, 74. That is 1,110 extra minutes of us talking <laughs> just from the extra part on That's Talking true. With Shadows. That's true, just from talk, just from that. So, um, If you sign up for $2 or more of a month, you actually devote in our monthly uh, monthly poll where we decide 
uh, where our patrons get to vote on what the theme for our month is going to be. Like for this month, they voted for hair humanoids. Um, the next one is not up yet. It's going to be up a little bit later in the week. Uh, and the ones we're going to add to this month is going to be, I think. I think we're adding a couple, aren't we? Yes, we're going we're, we're gonna to add two. Uh, just for fun. One we're going to add is Missing 411. Because if we do that, that's, that's going to take a whole month because there is so much to dive deep into that. And what was the other one? The Conspiracy Iceberg. Conspiracy Iceberg. And I think we should throw fairies on that list too. Just a whole month of fairies. Too many. Too many. You get fairies next month. <laughs> okay, okay. Next okay. month okay. after that, whatever vote, fairies goes on. But that's too many. Um for, for what we're gonna put on uh, for what we're gonna put on there. So definitely make sure that you guys go sign up so that way that you can get your voices heard on the uh, on the poll. Um hey, you were talking about Skinwalker Ranch. This yeah, is very, how, yeah. how familiar are you with Skinwalker Ranch? I know of it that I mean this is just there's a bunch of weird paranormal phenomena. We have like cattle mutilation going on, sightings of weird cryptid monsters crawling around all over it. Well you have cattle mutilation going on there in a very similar sense as we do in the yeah. spot filled monster, but you also have this weird wolf that keeps popping up. Mm-hmm. This dark, shadowy, horse-sized wolf that no matter how many times you shoot it, it just does not seem to take bullets. Mm-hmm. There's even been times where uh, people have gone out and f- tried to find the bullets, and remember, they found them fl- uh, flattened with the tips. Well, it's, it's very popular in Skinwalker lore that a regular bullet will not injure an animal. It's not really, it's like, what, like a special type of bullet. Um, I've heard that. Um, 